What's going on? It's Can We Keep It Real, another NFL edition. How are we doing today? Kansas City Chiefs, how are they feeling after the bitter loss? Well, we have a caller that actually called in. Mike Thomas called in to talk about how he felt about the bone call during the Saints-Rams game. And says, you know, the Rams are just not a legitimate contender. And Terrell Owens talks about how there should be an asterisk next to the Rams if they win the Super Bowl. It's the worst blown call in NFL history. And finally, Shannon Shop, Terrell Owens, and Skip Bayless are all on the same page. We're going to get into this episode right now. Hey, you're back with Can We Keep It Real? We got Mike Charlotte on the line, big Kansas City Chiefs fan. How you doing, Mike? I'm good, Mikey. How about yourself today? Not bad. I'm glad we was able to hook up. Um, let's get it started off from the beginning. We hooked up originally on Twitter over the the Saints no call. You know, um, how do you feel about that? And, you know, do you think that the game is rigged? You know, I'm a... Uh... A lot of my a lot of my good friends would say, you know, I'm a kind of a conspiracy theorist when it comes to the NFL on certain things. But uh, there's there's a lot of things you kind of have to think about with the NFL. There, you know, they've got a you know new fan base that they're trying to establish over there in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of people that have kind of latched on to the Rams or or the Chargers for that matter. They've got a brand new stadium. They got a fund, you know, over there as well. I mean, it's just a lot of things you kind of make you think, huh, you know, it, could, it, could it really be, you know, these officials are, are instructed to kind of turn a blind eye to some things or maybe make a call that might help one team versus the other. You know, I know they can't completely, um, you know, force the outcome of the game, but they can certainly alter outcomes based on calls and things like that and change the outcome based on calls. So um, it, it, it really does. It makes you think. I know that official – that was standing right in front of where that play happened. Uh, people started doing a little bit of research on that guy. Come to find out, he actually played one season with the Rams uh, back in the 80s and then had four other seasons with the Falcons who were in the same division as the Saints. I seen um, that, yes. I absolutely, I seen that. And um, I actually shared a picture of it because a friend of mine that's from Vegas, he, he does a lot of numbers, point spreads. He's a pretty good handicapper, going like 70%. And then he wow. said he said the other guy ran down and said, don't you dare throw that flag because the other official was going to throw a flag. And then the, wow. the judge on the side runs down and says, don't you dare throw that flag. You know, but and Roger Goodell, he has the power to speak up right now in Article 3 and reverse it, but and he's just not saying nothing. Benjamin Watson was very critical. Shout out to him because yeah. I love when players are critical of management. Well, you know, J.J. Watt was uh, pretty critical of the game, too, on, on uh, Twitter, but he later deleted his tweets. But, uh, you know, he, he's pretty outspoken, or was, the night of the games as well. But there really does need to be some more accountability with these officials. If the games aren't rigged or fixed or tried to, you know, or Vegas, or the NFL is trying to sway them. You know, there needs to be some accountability. I mean, a lot of these officials are older as well. So, you know, one of the first things to go, you know, as you get up in age, is your eyesight and your reflexes. 
you know, we're talking about one of the fastest games in the world. You know, these are split-second decisions that these officials are making. You know, let's get the, you know, let's get some younger guys in there. You know, that they can make some of these calls that, that have good vision that can see. And I, I, and I have no idea what that, you know, what that guy's vision is. But you know, a lot of this stuff is judgment calls, split-second calls. I mean, and you know, when you start getting up there in age, you know, one of the first things to go on you is your vision. That's just, you know, that's human nature. It's science. It's a fact. No, you're absolutely right, and they could fix it by, if they would just make them full-time employees, like you said, give them more accountability, you, you know, yeah. hold, them, hold them accountable, you make a mistake, you, uh, you gotta be held accountable for it, and sometimes the mistake is not gonna be your fault, and you're still gonna be held accountable, I mean, you're taught that as a child, you know what I mean, you gotta absolutely. be accountable. And the NFL has a lot to gain by games going a certain way. And I didn't even think about the L.A. situation until you brought it up on Twitter. And I was like, wow, they really needed a Super Bowl in L.A. They really needed the Rams to, you know, because of the fan base, because of the money situation. You know, the money the NFL makes is just retarded. But their commissioner could have made them go back out the field right now and start the game from that play. But he won't. He'll stay quiet as a mouse, and, I mean, you've seen what he did. He was friends with Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft got him his job, and he kind of just sat quiet with that, too, and turned his back on the whole situation. So, I mean, the guy, yeah. I hate Roger Good, Good, Goodell, and it's it's not only for the Patriot, for the Patriot stuff. I don't like him for just overall the way he don't treat people equal, and how is he the president of officiating when he's the CEO of a multi-billion-dollar business, yeah, it's it's not a good look at all to, to for him to just be completely silent on the situation. The NFL needs to address it, and you know they need to act. You know, and again, hold that official and, or officials accountable. There was also something I saw too. I, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or some form of social media, but some of the uh, the other officials in that game were from LA. Um, you know, so. Again, you know, L.A.'s a big money area, you know, and I, I said from the beginning that I said at least one of these L.A. teams is going to make the Super Bowl, if not both of them, because, you know, they, they want a story, you know, and, and thank goodness I hate the Chargers being a Chiefs fan, but, you know, I was kind of glad when the Patriots beat them, but you know, it, it is what it is, but I, I just do, I was like, you know, they're going to find a way to get one of these L.A. teams in the Super Bowl and try to get those fans on board down there. They got a stadium to build. You yeah. Know, they got a stadium to fund. Yeah, exactly. As far as the charges, I still have trouble calling them. You know, I still call them the San Diego charges. You know, I'm always screwing up like, oh, my God. <laughs> but as far as, the like, a couple of years ago, I was cool with Brady retiring. But seeing how he's playing, I'm like, this is never going to happen again. You know what I mean? Like, go Tom. Just do your thing. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand how other fans are kind of like, Oh man, this friggin' guy, man, he's like, he he's like Superman, and he really is, cause like I'm a New England fan, and I was ready for Brady a few years ago to retire, and then he beat the Seahawks, and then Durant, and 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 then um Atlanta, and I'm like, this is incredible, like this is history, you'll never see this again, and I'm an NFL fan first before a Patriot fan, so I appreciate records. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll ever see anything like what the Patriots have done again. Um, you know, I, I think 
a few calls go the other way, we might be looking at the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, the, the Patriots, you know, they own the first half of the game. And uh, there's there's two halves to, you know, to each game. And it was just too much for the Chiefs to overcome. And, you know, it shouldn't come down to, to one call or, or two calls in a game that, that decide it. But there are there are calls, like, say, the one in that Saints game that, that blatantly did, you know, change the outcome of that game. There's but, also, too, I mean, to go back to that Saints game, the interception that Breeze threw in overtime, he got hit in the face um, on that, uh, you know, on that. And there was no rough in the passer or, you know, blow to the head call or anything like that. I mean, it was, it was, both, both missed calls were egregious. No, they were, and with the Saints game, I mean, they had plenty of chances to to win that game. I mean, they only rushed for, what, 50 yards, so, I mean, yeah, that call sucked, but they should have pulled it out. It should have been, like, I wanted to breeze Brady Super Bowl forever, and if Kansas City won, I wouldn't have even been mad. I would have been a little upset because Andy Reid went to a Super Bowl because I never thought Andy (laughs) Reid was a good head coach. I think he's an awesome awesome coordinator like I think he'll be great he's too conservative for a head coach he don't keep time clocking right and Kansas City if you look at their schedule this season who they played teams you expected them to beat they beat teams you would think well this is going to be a good game they lost to you know when they lost to the Patriots they you know uh San Diego yeah here I go again the Chargers beat them in overtime but I think Kansas City is going to be I think like your quarterback is so mature. He said the other day, this is just a stepping stone. And usually 21-year-old kids are salty when they lose an AFC championship game. Nah, he's, he's wise beyond his years. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Mahomes is special. I mean, I still remember watching the draft when they traded up for him. I was kind of excited about him, but, but skeptical too. You know, he come from Texas Tech. But I knew he had a big arm. And, uh, you know... I'm just glad we finally have a quarterback. I mean, I've, I've dealt with the, you know, Tyler Palcos, the, you know, Matt Castle, um, geez, I mean, who, who else? Uh, Brady, uh, Brody Croyle. You know, I mean, like, you know, those kind of guys, you know, all through the years. Uh, I remember Steve Bono. We even had Rich Gannon at one point, and they, they put him on the bench for Elvis Gerback. I mean, yeah. Lord mercy. And Rich Gannon, I mean, he was a cannon. He used to throw up yeah. some cannons when he was out with the Raiders. Yeah, man, he was a, he was the MVP of the league one year, and then he was he was our backup quarterback for Elvis Gerback. I mean, you, you can't make this up. Now, how do you feel about your new defensive coordinator? A lot of people say he's been around for a reason. A lot of people say he's a yes man, kind of what Andy Reid. He can't have a hot headed coach like a Rex Ryan. And a lot of people said, oh, they should have got Rex Ryan. But I totally disagree because Rex Ryan's whole mission in life is to beat Bill Belichick. You know, he puts all his, he puts everything into it. Like, that's all he cares about. Let me beat Belichick and that that's it. And it shows in his, yeah. in his coaching. It just totally shows. But what Man, do you think I, I about? I don't know how I feel about the guy. Um, you know, he's had some, he's had, you know, there was a year he finished second in the league in, in, in total defense. Uh, you know, there's years, you know, I think the year he was in uh, New Orleans, I mean, he was next to last in total yards and I think 30th in points given up or something. I mean, it was, there's been some rough ones, but I, I honestly, I mean, you know, Bob Sutton was great, you know, when he first came on to Kansas City. I mean, we had, it was like we, we had top, top five defense and it got, you know, going to top 10 defense and maybe top 15 and then this, this past 
past year, it was just historically bad. Yeah, it's the last 31st, right? Yeah, I mean, if you watch, if you go back and you watch the overtime of the Chiefs-Patriots game, we did the same thing every single time that we had third and long. Every single time. And you you can ask my girlfriend, I'm sitting there screaming in the living room, blitz, do something different, try something different because they're going to throw this slant across the middle. I mean, I'm calling it. Tony Romo's on TV calling it. It's just terrible. You I know? thought Tony I mean, Romo might have got him fired. <laughs> yeah, I, well, good because, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was My dad asked me, he said, he goes, who do you want to be the defensive coordinator? I said, I don't know. Go hire the head football coach of the high school up the street. He might be better. Yeah, you know, I mean, so, ultimately, you I mean, know. To do, to do the same thing over and over is just is terrible. Yeah, yeah, it totally is, you know, um, you know, but I think the the Chiefs, you know, if if they could keep this kid healthy, I mean, he reminds me of a Michael Vick a little bit. He's so mobile. That kind of scares me. ACLs, you know, um the way he just runs around and just, you know, but he is a combination of a Brett Favre, a Michael Vick. I mean, he just does everything. He throws the ball in the air, his feet ain't planted, and the kid's got an arm. Thank God for Kansas City that he does got an arm because they needed that with the defense that they had. New England Patriots, let's jump over there for a minute. The legacy that they have, Julian Edelman, his numbers are right next to Jerry Rice. Do you think he's one of the best playoff wide receivers ever? I mean, the numbers the numbers don't lie. Like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a Pats fan, you know, but uh, the numbers don't lie. I mean, you know, if he's, he's right up there next to Jerry Rice, I mean, he's He's bringing it, you know, big players make big game, you know, big plays and big games, you know. So if he's got the numbers and it backs him up, I mean, I, I don't think anybody in the live will, will argue the fact that Jerry Rice is the, you know, the greatest receiver that ever played the game. And, you know, he played a lot of playoff games when he was with the Niners. So, yeah, I mean, you have to put him up there in the conversation as one of the most clutch, you know, playoff playoff wide receivers out there. You know, you got to hand it to him. Yeah, his numbers, I think he just passed Michael Irvin, and he's like right, he's, and I think, I think they're all going to leave at the same time. I don't think Edelman will play for another quarterback, but Brady, and I think, I think Brady was going to retire last season. That was the whole thing. He did Tom versus time, Gronk too, and that's why them two guys were so pissed at Bill Belichick this offseason. You know, the whole, you know, there was a lot of a lot of tension up here in New England. You, you know, Tom Brady, yeah. Yeah, I think he was going to retire, but now he's like, screw that. So who retires first, him or Drew Brees? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think we'll see a few more years of Brees. I, I, you know, some of his comments, he said he did, he did acknowledge, you know, hey, the, the window is closing in. But Brady's, what, 43 years old now? Is that right? Uh, I think he's only like 41 um, yeah, yeah, I think he's only 41. So, you know, you kind of have to ask, like, you know, how much longer can this guy play at a high level? You know, because that was the thing with, with Peyton Manning. I mean, I was not a Peyton Manning fan, and he was one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever watched. But I, it was painful to see him, you know, play as poorly as he did down the stretch. Well, I, I think, I mean, you know, his body just, you know, said, hey, it's time to hang it up. But Peyton Manning, I, I think he was... He was in a dome a lot of his career. I think you take him outside of a dome, he don't have the numbers that that he has. Drew Brees, I think he would have close to the numbers he has. Also, of course, it's easier in a dome. There's no elements. But sure. if you look at Peyton Manning's numbers, outside of a dome, 
he didn't play good. Cold weather, he wasn't a good quarterback in cold weather, even though he played in Denver. But I still think he was a great, great quarterback, and it must kill him now to see Tom Brady slinging it. I'm sure it does. You know, I, I, you know, you, you kind of wonder like if he hadn't had the neck thing, you know, or whatever. I, you hate to see anybody get hurt, you know. But if he had, if he didn't have the neck issue and stuff like that, you know, would he have been able to play a couple more years at a high level? We don't know. I met but, Alex. Uh, I met I Alex. He did come back and, and play at a high level after that surgery, and he won a Super Bowl. So hats off to the guy. I met Brit Tom Brady's um, fitness guy, Alex Guerrero, and I couldn't believe yeah. the guy was 55 years old. He didn't look 30. Like, so, I mean, <laughs> this system really, it, it really has to work, and it's all about flexibility. It's more about massaging your muscles than, than lifting weights. Sure. And eating right, of course. Care yeah, definitely. Um, the Rams Patriots. Do you know that the Patriots could have changed the whole outlook in the NFL back in 94 if Bob Kraft don't buy the Patriots. You know, they were going to St. Louis, and there wouldn't have been a team up here in New England. So a lot of things would have changed. The Ravens might have not been the Ravens. They could have became a Boston team because I don't think Boston would have sat empty without a football team for too long. No. Bob Kraft owned the stadium. So the structure of the NFL, so the Rams... Would have never went to St. Louis. You know, the the Oilers would have needed a place to go. So there was the, so many teams, the logistics of it would have been crazy. And the Rams would have been involved in that. So you got the two owners that went against each other in 94 for the, the team. And here they go. They're meeting in another Super Bowl. The one that started it all. Does the Rams have the defense to beat Brady? I mean, they've got a great defensive front. Um, you know, Aaron Donald and, and Dominic Sue, you know, they got a tough, tough, you know, tough front, but, you know, the, the Chiefs had the, you know, one of the best pass rushes in the NFL and, you know, they didn't touch Brady. I think if Brady can get the ball out quick, um, if they can, you know, run block and get a little bit of push and, you know, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be a great game. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. I think a, a good question to ask is, you know, how is uh, how's New England's defense going to hold up against, you know, the big run game that suddenly has become a, you know, such a big factor for the Rams, you know? How's their run defense going to hold up? They looked great against Kansas City, you know, a couple, you know, I guess a week ago. And, um, you know, I think it's going to come down to, you know, which defense, you know, which defense plays the best. You know. And, um, can oh. contain the quarterback in the, in the run game. A lot of people up here in New England are saying that New England Patriots got complacent during the regular season. Um, I could see how that can kind of happen. And then that Miami game happened, and it kind of... Because you look who they lost to. They lost to Jacksonville, right? Which at at that point of the year, people thought Jacksonville was going to be a contender. They lost to Detroit. Come on. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what the hell are they doing? They lost to Miami on that stupid friggin' play at, at the end, you know? So how can they... And then after that game, it was like, all right, come on, guys. It's time to stop messing around. Let's play some football. And Belichick, the friend that I have that's a coach up at UMass College, he, you know, he met Belichick. He goes to a lot of them, you know, educational meetings. And he said, the guy is just like a computer when it comes to football. And he just looks at something and he knows... Exactly. Just like a mechanic would say, you need brakes. You know, and he taught Brady all of that. So I think Belichick, you know, and he has that guy, um, 
Ernie Adams that works in the back office and he's a researcher for Belichick and he just researches other teams and but I don't know if Rams got the defense to 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 stop Tom Brady. I mean he just gets rid of the ball too damn fast. You can't get there. Edelman's cuts are too quick. And I found out just a little while ago that the NFL fined Robbie Coleman twenty six thousand dollars for the helmet to helmet. But he wasn't flagged, so that's just because the NFL has to do something. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel like the Rams, you know, belong there. I, I kind of, uh, you know, I think there are a couple of calls that, you know, maybe go the other way. And you're looking at the Chiefs there, um, you know, in the Super Bowl too. Um, it is what it is. I'm not as upset about the the, the Chiefs Patriots game as as kind of how egregious the ending of the you know the Rams truthfully they don't belong there the the Saints you know the Saints should you know inequivocally undoubtedly be in the Super Bowl you know it's just it's a travesty and again like there's got to be accountability and the the fact that the the league has not said anything um, it's awful you know it speaks volumes. Yeah, and the league's only fining him because everybody's saying the league ain't doing nothing about it. And but what's going to happen is now yeah, during I mean, one of the reasons I'm planning not to watch. Hey, there you go, boycott the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm doing. I'm not watching. I mean, the commissioner has the power to go back and replay the entire game if he wants, and it's in the rule book for a reason. I mean, I ain't saying play the whole game. But that infraction, you should go back and replay the game from there. But it's a Super Bowl. They're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't – and the thing is, is that it is – it's more reason because it is the Super Bowl that they should go back and make it right because you have two weeks. You know, there's a there's a bye week for both teams in between. There. They have two weeks to prepare for the game. So he could have easily come back and said, you know what, we're coming back Monday or Tuesday – and we're going to start the game from this point where this flag should have occurred, and we're going to go ahead and make it first and ten where this flag should have happened, and we're going to play the game out from there and see how see how it plays out. You still have, you know, you still have players that are going to have, you know, a week and a half, almost two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl. You know, no harm, no foul. But you know, during the regular season, it's it's probably not such a big deal. And you know, a lot of those teams they only have. You know, sometimes four days to, to get ready to play, or it may be seven days to get ready to play. I don't know. But with the with not having such a quick turnaround, there was no excuse for the NFL to not invoke that rule. Yeah, they should have did. They should have did something about it. I can't understand why they can't have somebody upstairs in the booth that says, "Hey, there was a penalty on that play." I'm not saying review re- PIs because you really can't do that because there's PIs constantly. You'll be reviewing every damn P.I. until no one has any chances left to review anything. But I'm saying there should be somebody up in the booth that says, hey, there was a call. Look at it. They look at it real quick. All right. It's an official judgment. They could do that and it won't stipulate either teams. It'll be an official someone up there doing it. And the overtime rule, there's something wrong with that too. I mean, that ain't right that only one team is allowed to touch the ball. They should at least give the well, other team a chance to touch the ball, and if they get a touchdown, then you do it again. Big deal. You know, I I see it both ways. Um, I see, you know, hey, you know, your team had a chance to stop the other team and, and get the ball, but I also do agree. I think that both teams should be allowed possession of the ball. Um, you know, 
I don't understand why, you know, okay, if you go down and kick a field goal, um, that you can go down and then try to, you know, try to, the, the other team gets a chance to get the ball because it's a field goal. You know, that doesn't make any sense because you still know, okay, well, that team, the team that's getting the ball next, they know, hey, I'm going to be, I have to go for it on fourth down, you know, to, to get down there. So, yeah, there is maybe a little bit of an advantage that way, but it works the same way if a team goes down and kicks a field goal. What's the difference if they go down and score a touchdown? Well, they're actually saying yeah. it's, a, it's a safety issue about, uh, it's a union issue about the amount of time that players are, are playing the game, their bodies, you know. That's pretty much why they say, you know, it's short. The first one that scores, we're out of here. You know what I mean? Well, I mean so look at, look at hockey. I mean, those guys, you know, they play, you know, it is sudden death. But, I mean, in, in playoffs, I mean, those guys play, you know, I, I've seen them play a full game. You know, go with, the, you know, one, two, three periods before somebody scores. But, I mean, you know, most of the time both teams are seeing the puck. You know, it's no different than that. You know, they're playing two games in one night sometimes, you know, before somebody wins. Yeah, I remember. You know, but, I mean, I, they could go to college. You know, a, a different form of college rules allow allow teams to start at the start at their own forty yard line and and play from there. You know. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, they could do that. Teams out, you know, take the special teams element out of it a little bit with punts and kickoffs. You know, they're so worried about that. You know, with the high speed collisions. Well, okay, you take that out. But you know what? We're going to play, and and you know, if the other team scores, they're going to start. You know, at their own forty yard line and play in. I mean, but you could could do it that way i mean and then that way both teams are guaranteed a possession and you're not putting them right in you know scoring position right away they do have to move the ball a little bit yeah you know um that must have been nice for kansas city to get that um you know that first playoff win get over the the hump but it would have been even more better for lamar hunt to get the trophy in Kansas City to hand it over to the to the Hunt family, but I think their time will come if if they could keep this Mahomes healthy. And the other thing, you got to show me more than one great season to be considered a good quarterback because we've seen it too much before. Dallas, Dak Prescott, oh, he was phenomenal, and then he kind of comes right back down to earth. And sometimes that happens. Detroit Lions years back, you know, in the nineties, they had Charlie Batch. Oh my God, this guy's great. They give him all this money. Before you know it, he's a backup quarterback on the Steelers. Sure, you know, you and- know I think I think it's going to be different with Mahomes only because there's only there's only three quarterbacks that have thrown for five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns. I don't think you have that sort of historic season if you're not good. You know, I understand it's his first season, but I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I get what you're saying. Prove it to me again. I mean, I'm not saying go out there and throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns again, but have another great season. Go out there and throw for 35 touchdowns and, you know, 4,500 yards. You know, I don't know if he can, you know, I don't know if he can do that again. If he does, it'd be, be wonderful. Could but, he be reined in a little bit? Like maybe, you know, because, you know, he keeps throwing them bombs, right? What's going to happen? He's going to have a rotator cuff pull, right? I mean, he's going to end up throwing his shoulder out. Should they kind of <laughs> rein him in and not really... He he does have the weapon in Tariq Hill. I mean, so so you got to take advantage of that. I mean, you have to throw it far to able to keep up with him. But I mean, sometimes I think a lot of them them long bombs are like unnecessary. You're, you're taking a chance of hurting yourself, getting whacked. He took some nice shots from High Tower during that Patriots game, and you know I was like, this kid's freaking tough, man. Like you look at him, and you you you. you, you you don't really know what what to make of his appearance, but the kid's a baller. <laughs> now, I think um, 
you know, I think that's what makes him special is that he does things like that. I mean, you know, the, he's got the, the crazy no-look passes, and, you know, you've seen, like, I saw uh, I saw something on Twitter the other day where he just threw, like, this sidearm pass, like, where it went around the defender, you know, um, during that Patriots game. I mean, and, and that's what makes him special. I think if you try to rein him in, I think it takes away from what he – what he's what makes him great, and that's I mean, the play different. where he got whacked by Hightower. He knew he was gonna yeah. take the hit, and he kind of sidearmed it. You know, I mean, not yeah. a lot of young twenty-one-year-old quarterbacks know to do that. No, it, it was. I mean, it's just an incredible throw and play on his behalf, and I, I think that's what makes him special. And I think if you try to take that away from him, I think you make him less of a you know less of a player. Um, and I think. You know, I know you talked about Andy Reid earlier. I do think Andy's a great coach. Um, you know, I know he's had some trouble winning the big game or getting to the Super Bowl. Kind of, you know, he's been to one Super Bowl. He played the Patriots when he was with the Eagles. And that's the only one he's been to. I think he's been to five, you know, conference championship games. But, um, you know, players like him, and he's a great offensive mind. There's no, there's no denying that. Well, that's why I think – but there's other things as a head coach, I think. I think a head coach, you got to – and it's not – not everyone's perfect, but he's not great at, at you know, uh, he's too conservative at, at times. He don't really pay attention to what's going on with the defense. He just wants to coach up his quarterback, and he leaves the defense to the coordinators, which that is their job. But I think as a head coach, you got to be looking every part of your operation to see what's going on. Belichick, you don't think he's calling them defensive plays? The defensive coordinator is just there you know, calling the plays in. Belichick's the ultimate one that's that's telling him, hey, do this, do that, do this. Sure. You know, and no, I think I, I just... I agree. I think Andy could, could could take a little more part in the defense, and I think he actually did that a little bit this year with the personnel. Um, you know, Chavaris Ward, you know, came in and they benched Orlando Scandrick, and that, that improved the defense. Um, you know, he, he had him put uh, Jordan Lucas in there, and they benched Ron Parker. And I do think that, uh, you know, some of those personnel decisions came from Andy Reid. You know, I don't know how much he involved himself with the scheme. And if he did, I mean, he, at some point you had to tell Bob Sutton to run a different defense on third and long or do something different, just try something different, you know. And he didn't. And, I mean, that ultimately cost him the game in overtime, for sure. Well, you uh, guys bagged mine on now. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, definitely. You know, I mean, the way the first half was going, I was like, "Wow, man, the Patriots ain't gonna give these guys the ball." They just, yeah. they, they just, you know, and that that is a good game plan. I mean, but you got to stop them too. And then I think when, once Mahone settled down, you got in the locker room, and he just said he just went out there and played his style of football. He probably yeah. tried to go with the game plan, and he just, like I said earlier, he, he I don't think he could be reined in. To do, you know, all right, let's forget about how you play and let's play like this. But second half, they said, screw it. They cut him loose. And he yeah, was a he, I agree. he was a beast. Well, you know, he, he actually said something. There was um, there was something out there that said, hey, we're going to go and score 30. You know, we're going to go and score 30 this half. And they did. You know, it's just it's incredible. I mean, it was, you know, the Chiefs, they, the Chiefs lost four games in the regular season by a total of 14 points. You know, and, and a lot of those games, really the only team that I, I thought really kicked their teeth in was Seattle. And they were still in that at the end. You know, I thought that that Rams game could have gone either way. I kind of felt like we got robbed, you know, on that Chargers game because there were a couple of defensive holding calls that gave the Chargers, you know, 
first and goal, you know, um, and that, that they ended up scoring touchdowns on, you know, that uh, were not defensive holding calls, like blatantly clear, not defensive holding at all. Um, you know, and, and people don't throw up their arms about that as much, you know, but I've, I've always kind of felt like a lot of calls have gone against Kansas City over the years. I remember the, the playoff game against Pittsburgh a few years ago when we had uh, the second seed to the Patriots. I can't remember what year it was, but there was a similar play, not not as egregious as uh, and, and not as, you know, an important part of uh, important timing of the game. It was during the first half, but uh, it's actually on my Twitter timeline if you go look at it, or the, my Twitter uh, banner, excuse me, um, where somebody is trying to cover Travis Kelsey and is face guarding him and like nearly just like tackling him, and the ball is like two yards away from him, and there I, was no call. I think that was a Steeler game, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah yes, it was Pittsburgh Steeler game. game. Yeah, and um. I remember the 2015 AFC Championship game, Kansas City, New England. You know, that was a pretty decent game. And week six, when Kansas City and New England played each other, it was a slugfest. And the last four minutes of the AFC Championship game was the best. I mean, I was like, wow, man. All the action came at the very end of the game. And, I mean, even you guys got 36 seconds left. And I'll tell you what, even going back to Andy Reid, if you look at the last 56 seconds, bad clock management in that game with Kansas City. They came out with like 56 seconds left. By the time the clock got down to 36, they were running their first play like towards the end zone area. Patriots were playing in the freaking end zone. They were protecting the end zone. Everything was open. Why are you not throwing outs and getting out of bounds? You got the whole field. You got 30 yards. And you just wasted 20 seconds. Well, yeah. that was actually, so it was actually, there were 16 seconds left. I remember what you're talking about. There were 16 seconds left. And the Patriots, they did, they went back and kind of played a prevent in the end zone. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. They could have easily thrown like a 10 or 15 yard out. Yes. You know, and took, took, you know, five or six seconds off the clock and then gave yourself another play in the end zone and made them play like real defense from like around the 15 yard line. But oh, I, remember yeah. the, I remember what you're talking about, but yeah. It was, you know, Andy has definitely been suspect on his clock management at the end of games. No oh, he, he lost the Super Bowl because of it. Yeah. I mean, definitely Absolutely. lost Super Bowl. It's like, this guy's not calling a timeout. The clock's ticking. I mean, we've seen Belichick do that against Seattle, but we find out that because he was watching Pete Carroll have a spasm over there. So he was like, <laughs> leave me alone. And Matt, Matt Patricia's like, but coach, we got to call a timeout. We said, yeah, I know. And Matt Patricia said... No, he, he says something like, yeah, yeah. Matt Fitzgerald said, okay, I don't know. I ain't asking him 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 again. But, um, yeah. well, we'll see. Uh, so, who do you think, New England Patriots, the Rams, who's going to win? What's your prediction? Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to bet against Belichick. Um, you know, but, I, you know, there is, there is a lot to like about the Rams as well. You know, they're... Is you know they're young, you know they've never really been here. Can their defense step up and play? You know I don't know. I mean if you're if you're going based on experience and history, you got to take the take the Patriots. You know if you're going on probably you know if you look at the paper and who 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 probably should win, you might bet on the Rams. You know, but I don't know. I don't think the Rams have been playing as good as they did early in the season when they were. You know, I think they got the ten or eleven and zero before the Saints beat them. Yeah, you um, get burnt out. I mean, when New England went on that sixteen and zero run, like you get burnt 
out. I mean, yeah. my 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 son's team this year, they, the high school team and Westerly Bulldogs, crushing team sixty-one to nothing every game, forty-five to nothing, just killing everybody without a quarterback. They went all year with an old nineteen thirty pistol offense. You know, no quarterback. Oh, yeah. Two backs in the backfield and just run, run, run. And, like, no one could pick it up but towards the middle of the season, just just trying to be perfect, it just it gets you so exhausted. Sure. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, you know, if I'm going to bet with history, I'd, I'd take New England. But if I was going to throw 100 bucks on the game, I might throw it on L.A. just because I'm a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I think Tom Brady's going to take advantage of the linebackers, and he's just going to have... They just know how to get their offensive guys to match up with, with with people. Gronk ends up with somebody all the way on the outside. They they do a seam all the way to the end zone. I mean, pick plays. They just know how to... Edelman coming in the back, or, or you got Patterson leading the, uh, the team in rushes one week. You know, wide receivers leading in rushing. So I mean, but yeah, you. I just I could never go against Patriots and Belichick only because like they proven statistically. You bet on them, you'll win. <laughs> well, well, keep in mind, you know, we've got a we've got a new stadium to fund in in, in Los Angeles, and you know, we got a fan base in Los Angeles that we got to get on board with one of the teams. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah, but a, I think big money area. I think the problem in that is there was so many people talking about the officiating in the NFC Championship. I think that people are going to have their eye on it, and I don't know if the NFL is going to want that kind of criticism during the Super Bowl. They're about to promote a new football league. I think it's American Alliance Football. It's supposed to start like nine days after the Super Bowl. You know, so we'll have some football to watch and talk about. But, you know, thank you for coming on. And um, anytime, if you want to come on during, you know, before the game next next week, you're probably one of my best callers. I really appreciate it. A lot of football knowledge, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely would love to hook up again. You know, the Chiefs and Patriots will play again next season. And, you know, let's uh, let's plan to do a – you know, do a show before and after the game. I think that'd be that'd be a lot of fun to you know kind of see what's going on there. And I do other issues too. I I, I mean, it's not just sports. I kind of you know I I tell people like you know open forum. I'll cover any like I have a lot of issues. You know, social re- reform. You know, prison reform. You know, I'm big on the juvenile justice system. I think it's broken. You know, what I mean, it's really crazy that that we don't give these kids no leadership. So I mean. Anything you ever want to talk about or something, you know, use my platform. My listeners, you're more than welcome. Thank you for calling. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was good caller, South Carolina. I think he said, um, yeah, I, I believe he was from South Carolina. Big Kansas City Chiefs fan, had a lot of football knowledge, was very passionate um, I like a fan like that that's willing to say that, all right, the better team won that day or my team will live another day. But he's real critical against the commissioner, Roger Goodell. And, you know, he said also that, you know, Mahomes really got to show me what he has. But that's can we keep it real? 
And if you want to be a guest on the Can We Keep It Real show, the description, email, it's where it's at. Get at me, it's your boy Mikey. Always keep it real, always keep it authentic, and always keep it 100. And go Patriots. Thanks.
will come in next week. You can't. You and can't. The, the reason this commissioner is running from this is he doesn't know what to say that won't disqualify the Rams. Because if he indicates any sort of blown call or blunder on the part of the NFL, it's like then the Rams become illegitimate Super Bowl team, and, right? And at some point, just say the, just say the Rams win. In my mind, this is where you put an asterisk by their by their win. For me, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't care who. But according to you've played in the Super Bowl, I played in the Super Bowl. Guys, know it is hard to get to the Super Bowl. That one play impacted, like I said, legacy, Breeze, Peyton, and you talk about financial implications. Again, guys that don't get these type of game checks. These are the type of things that that one play impacted so, that so Roger Terrell, Goodell what, has the power okay. to to address. Okay, what could Rogers say? What what if you if you could counsel him, if you could advise him on this, what would you tell him to say just to placate people who love this game? I mean, I put him in the seat. I, I put his position as a judge. You have to look at all the evidence, and according to the laws, the the rule book, that's where he implements. You know, so when so when they so when were they gonna play this game over? When were they gonna play the final one forty? They can do it now. All he has to do is go out and, and according to whatever his powers are, say what it so say what he needs to say and replay.